Another bizarre bank holiday weekend in the rearview mirror. A few extra kilometres of space to explore our surroundings and the welcome emergence of our cocoon friends and neighbours back into the community. These may be small shoots, but they are the signs of progress nonetheless. We've entered into a new phase of this crisis now where we've landmarks to motivate us and guide us gradually back to a life of family, friends and hairdressers. This seemed as good a time as any to transition the UOK podcast from a daily dose of support and camaraderie to more like a once or twice a week check in. Over the last month or so, professionals and leading voices in the field of mental health have shared invaluable thoughts and advice on the challenges of the current crisis and how best we can manage them. Now, I've been fortunate to speak to each of them and honestly, it's been a salve to my mental well-being throughout this period of confinement to have that daily reminder of the fact that we are all in this together. There is no perfect way to approach a pandemic and, you know, dips in mood or anxiety are par for the course and utterly normal. Before we move on to the next phase of the podcast, there's an opportunity to reflect on the last 25 episodes, which now exist as a sort of handy bank of support that you can dip into at any time. I've been struck by three main things which I'd like to share with you today, each of them stark in their simplicity, actually. Our mental well-being is a complex thing, not least because as individuals with our own histories, traumas, traits and predispositions, our experience of the world and its impact on us is uniquely personal. However, as human beings, we do share a common biology. So there are things that, you know, we can do to optimise our general well-being and by extension our mental well-being. I was surprised every day how at least one of the following three things was mentioned by our experts. Routine. Breathe. Be kind. So let's start with routine. I like to think of this as, you know, eat, sleep, rave, repeat. The idea is that at a time where we are just experiencing unprecedented levels of uncertainty that our brains are comforted by routine. It makes our day to day just feel that bit more predictable. There are less variables essentially for our brains to worry about. So in practice, this means going to bed and getting up at a regular time. Eating breakfast, lunch and dinner. Getting some exercise in every day. Keeping specific work or study hours and scheduling pleasurable activities so that there's something to look forward to each day. If you want to listen back to episode one of You OK, chartered psychologist Mark Smith was in that episode and, you know, he gives a bit more detail on this one. And also, if you're struggling with the sleep piece of it, clinical psychologist Dr. Claire Hayes has some great advice in episode two, where she shares a relaxation exercise that, you know, frankly, is sure to help you nod off. So the second thing that came up all the time across the board with absolutely everybody was the importance of breathing. I think there's often a wee bit of cynicism around the power of breathing. After all, we're doing it all the time. So how transformative can it really be? But, you know, the breathing we do every moment of every day is controlled by our autonomic nervous system, which basically looks after everything we do without thinking. So you know, digesting our food, blinking, pumping blood around our bodies. But our breath becomes our superpower when we do it consciously. 
It connects our brain and our body. It brings us into the present moment and it slows our heart rate. And those three things have an instant impact on our anxiety levels. So many of us are prone to catastrophic thinking or spiralling thoughts at the moment. So sitting comfortably, closing your eyes, taking a few deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth can really help to just ground us, to bring us back from the vortex of worry. The other crucial thing that breathing allows us to do is to check in with ourselves. Like we can't help ourselves if we don't know what's going on with us, what's up with us. And a few minutes spent breathing, slowing down, checking in, it lets us know what's going on for us. Whether that's, you know, feelings of sadness, frustration, fear, whatever. It's really, really important. And when we're, you know, zipping around the place, busy with, you know, juggling multiple things and spinning plates, we can't. Things are moving at too fast a pace for us to check in and be aware of what's happening with our feelings, with our emotions and in our bodies. There are two or three podcast episodes in particular that deal with this really well. The first one is with counselling psychologist and senior clinician Dr Sinead Lynch. Now she explains what being in the present moment means and how breathing can help to get us there. That's in episode nine. Then in episode 23, cognitive behavioural therapist Neve Connolly explains the crucial role that breathing plays in switching off our fight or flight response. She also has a great hack for incorporating some dedicated breathing time into even the busiest day. As somebody who has protested too much for many years around this, her hashtag kettle breaths has just been a game changer for me. So the last thing of the three things that I've been struck by every day doing this podcast is kindness. Now, all of us understand the power of kindness, but I think we tend to think of it as something that we extend to others and forget that it's equally important that we be kind to ourselves. We're living through an unprecedented global crisis at the moment, like many of us without our regular support systems and The one thing that you can be sure is going to make this an even harder experience to cope with is being tough on yourself. Any feeling, any emotion we experience is going to be intensified when it's met with judgment or shame. If you feel like you've been unproductive, if you've been snappy with the kids, if you haven't baked anything during this entire pandemic, it's okay. This is hard. You know, you're doing your best. And remember, nobody is keeping score here. Having a vocal inner critic is not good for our stress levels. Like harsh self-talk can activate our fight or flight response. And that in turn raises the levels of a stress hormone called cortisol in our blood. Now, if we're tough on ourselves all the time, then that sustained release of cortisol has an impact on our general health and well-being. Compassionate self-talk, on the other hand, meeting ourselves with understanding rather than judgment, that has the capacity to stimulate dopamine production, which naturally boosts our mood. Now, an easy way to start cultivating kindness to yourself is by asking, how would you respond to a friend in the same situation? What would you say to them? Another option is to do nice things for yourself. You know, if you've had a hard day, 
gift yourself the time and space to have a relaxing bath or something else that you'd enjoy. Maybe it's some time on your own reading a book that you really enjoy or watching something by yourself or with other people, whatever, but just something that you make the conscious effort to say, I'm giving this to myself. I've had a tough day and I, you know, I I deserve this. I need this. This is some self-care that I really need. Dr. Sinead Lynch joined us in episode four to talk specifically about this, how to trade a critical inner voice for a kind one. And she shared a really helpful exercise designed basically to harness the kindness that others show us to help us to retrain our own inner critic. Of course, kindness to others is also crucial at the moment and it serves as a daily reminder of our shared humanity and our ability to support each other through the toughest of times. I don't know if you saw last week the writer Damien Barr tweeted, We are not all in the same boat. We are all in the same storm. Some are on super yachts. Some have just the one oar. Now, that is undoubtedly true. Many of us enjoy great privilege and many of us are dealing with struggles unseen. These things are not mutually exclusive, though. Like, if you have a nice home with a garden and food in the cupboard, that doesn't immunise you from finding this hard. There is, however, an opportunity for all of us to develop our compassion, our empathy and our gratitude. Chartered psychologist Ashling Leonard Curtin spoke to us in episode 11 about how valuable gratitude is to our mental well-being and how, you know, a practice of gratitude can really sustain us in tough times. While in episode 21, chartered clinical psychologist Dr. Ursula Bates talked about grief and she shared some lovely ways that we can be kind to bereaved members of our community. And many of those actually translate to the more generalised sense of loss that a lot of us are experiencing at the moment. So, plan a routine, breathe and be kind. After 25 episodes of You OK, these are the three things that are sure to support you in the coming weeks and months. That's not to say we won't have bad days that we won't have struggles and that there won't be tears. But the object of the exercise here isn't to eliminate pain. It's to accept it. It's to move through it and to savour the joy where we can find it. Because there is still joy. There is always joy. You OK is back with a brand new episode next Tuesday, the 12th of May. Thanks for joining me. And in the meantime, take care.